0: Yeah. Interesting. And yes, you're right. Because what basically how I, how I describe it is like these, these cracks are, are often these experiences that we had at some point in our life. It can be an insignificant, like sometimes as a child, it might've been somehow some name that somebody called us or, you know, something our parents said, but it can also be these large experiences, these losses, Mm -hmm. these, you know, deaths, divorces, um, new careers, you know, big changes. And and it can trigger when we have something that like reminds us right it's it's a a remembered experience
1: welcome to let's not sugarcoat it a podcast about the real raw and unfiltered side of motherhood
2: we're your hosts bella alex and amy let's get into
3: it ladies Okay, ladies, let's get into it. Uh, Today, we have Katharina Kuntz with us. Uh, Katharina is the owner of Personal Evolution, where she offers one-on-one group fitness, health coaching, and health healing modalities, along with retreats, workshops, online embodiment programs, and the Body Freedom Membership to support women in feeling at home in their bodies at any age and as they evolve. Her holistic approach to wellness offers an opportunity to explore a new way of being in our bodies. She invites curiosity, body awareness, and alignment as a foundation to embodied experiences that create realistic and sustainable health, vitality, and joyful body freedom. Wow. And your mission statement is, we are designed to align with the force of our own evolution. We're organic beings, meaning we have the ability to transform, heal, and enhance our physical bodies. However, this does not happen in isolation. The most evolved choices benefit not only our physicality, but our also our mental, emotional, and energy spirit bodies. How we think and feel is equally important as how we eat, move, and sleep. We can create our life by design, with purpose, on purpose. Wow, that gave me goosebumps. Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good good mission statement. statement. Yeah, Yeah, the whole thing
0: sounds great. Mm -hmm. So welcome, Katharina. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here. I've been listening to your podcast and just love just how unfiltered and just, it just is so engaging and much needed. So thank you. Thank
3: you. Well, we're honored to have you to be a part of it. That's Mm -hmm. for sure. So tell us a little bit about yourself because you are so much more than even that little blurb. So tell us a
0: little bit about yourself. (laughs) Right? Uh, Well, you know, it's kind of interesting. My journey kind of started, I've always been sort of a physical person. I uh, didn't really know what I was going to do out of high school. I got into uh, fitness leadership. And at the time, personal training was quite glamorous. It was for the stars. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't something that, you know, you can now take courses and, you know, they're in every corner pretty much. And, but I've always been interested in transformation and having um, some kind of participation in what I want to create in my body and feeling good and when I was younger sometimes we have to heal our inner child and for Mm. me my inner child was always very free and unleashed and so often I would call upon her to help me as I was going through those teenage years and feeling that uh, pressure to conform and to be accepted and all that stuff and so when I started to get into those teenage years and I was a bit of a late bloomer and it was the summer of grade eight going into grade nine and I came back to school, you know, same person I've always been, except this time, all of a sudden, all the guys' eyes are on me. right? I hit puberty over the summer. I all of a sudden had boobs and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> those boobs. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I can relate to this on so many levels. Carry on. Oh my gosh. So... Interesting, like these subconscious messages that we get, right? And so the subconscious message I was getting was that I'm only valuable for my body mm. because, you know, nothing else changed, but all of a sudden, you know, people are interested, men, uh, boys, I guess I should say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so then I became a little bit more hyper-focused on the physical body. And that was when I started working out. I was actually anorexic as a teenager also. Mm. And it was mostly because I had this, un- this... um When I was younger and I'd have these uncomfortable feelings. So whenever we're feeling um, that vibration of whatever, you know, that discomfort is, it's Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable. And if you haven't really been taught how to feel, and my parents love them, but, you know, they grew up during the war and, you know, they Mm -hmm. were on survival mode. They didn't know how to you know, help me Mm -hmm. to navigate that inner world. And so it was like this process of really understanding that um, when I would feel uncomfortable, I would just go to the kitchen, to the fridge, to the freezer, to the cupboard. And I would just, until I was so full in my body that that feeling of fullness became comfortable. And even though uncomfortable, it was familiar. Mm -hmm. And so that then overcame um, the uncomfortable feeling that I was trying to bury. And so this, this unhealthy relationship with food as a way of coping, eventually I wanted to have some control. So that was where you know anorexia stepped in. And it really wasn't until I was in my 30s going through a divorce. And that was when I finally sought some support in how to actually navigate that inner world. And that was when I also realized, and I'd already in my fitness uh, as a personal trainer for 27 years. And when I started my career, I was helping my clients, you know, to get the body they want and the six pack and all the things. But I had, I was going through my own inner, like even though I was eating broccoli and eating lean and working out, I was experiencing this dis-ease in my body and I was experiencing constipation, anxiety, bloating, uh, brain fog, all this stuff. And it really wasn't until I went into that inner world of really understanding because my body was just contracted, right? And then that's when we compartmentalize things. We try to shove it into these different areas. And so to really come back to that place of wholeness was really understanding how to feel and that to give permission to allow these aspects or parts of self to emerge so that it can be released so that I can understand it and to heal it. Mm-hmm. And so that's a lot of what I do today. As I still do personal training. I still work one-on-one. I work in group. I also have an online membership for women. But really this whole approach of understanding And first of all, getting curious uh, enough to really um, explore the fullness of what it really means. Like, what does it really mean to be Katharina? There's only one Katharina in the world ever has been, ever will be. And this is an invitation I often have for people is to get really curious. It's like we all have our idiosyncrasies and our quirks and our things that we want to change. And that will never change as humans, that's kind of like that human nature piece. But when we can start to appreciate and evolve in that space of of wonderment it's like, wow. What does that really mean to be me? It's like, have you ever seen that movie Jumanji? Yeah, and they have to, they they get given them like an avatar basically, yeah. and that <laughs> downloads and they got all the things. You know, eat cake, you're going to explode. Yeah, well, it, it's kind of like you know, we all have those idiosyncrasies, yeah. and for me, it's like, oh, uh, you know, I'm a dork. I, I my husband and <laughs> and uh, stepdaughter, she, they both told me you might have this dorky sense of humor. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not a dork. <laughs> and uh, it was like, and then I said something, right? And it's like, oh yeah, that was kind yeah. of dorky <laughs> <laughs> and, and i kind of joke because my husband has this like very robust uh conversation a history of like being able to be funny at any moment and it's like he's got all these choices coming across his screen and he can like pick and choose and dance between all the stories oh. and it's so funny and i mean i got like one line across the yeah. screen, and i say it, <laughs> blah, 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 right and then it's like oh <laughs> Sorry, that's all I got. Yeah. Right, so then embracing the fullness of that, and so if I if I come back to that teenage years and and coming into the experience of really wanting to um, be the best version of myself at that. Uh, you know, with the mind that I had at that time and then wanting to go into an opportunity of helping others. And it was actually my mentor <laughs> at the time when I was I was doing my fitness leadership. I was doing my practicum at World Health and, you know, making seven bucks an hour. And, and I, even though I had two other jobs, I still stayed working there because I loved the experience of helping others to, you know, moving their bodies and start to make some transformation, and it was something I was really passionate about. Well, the first personal training studio opened up in Calgary. My mentor was working there, and I got the opportunity to um, do all the fitness assessments for all the new clients. and And he was going to feed me some clients, and the owner was going to feed me some clients, take a disc, uh, take a, a cut. But I was first um, training his clients. As soon as I came in um, to work, uh, he went away, and I had to train all his clients. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, this is my mentor. Like his, yeah. his clients are going to come back to him and tell him how I did. And, and it was great. Like, it's just that, that, that message of really like saying yes. Saying Lean yes, in. saying yes and leaning in. And then the owner went away on holidays and then they came back and they're like, you're on your own. And, and, I, and I and I continued to have clients from the beginning when I left and moved to Kelowna. And so like a lot of my clients were 15, 20 years. And really, you know, when you think about spending that kind of time together two time, two to three times a week, and really they become like family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I was going through my evolution and I was very vulnerable about my own experience of what I was navigating and a lot of that inner world stuff too. And so that became an invitation also for them to feel comfortable to like wanna dive into some other pieces. And it's really what the foundation of my Chrysalis uh, Transformation Pod is really about is that when we're trying to build our body temples, so many times how many of us have either achieved it and you know fell back into old patterns or haven't achieved it and or our bodies are shifting and evolving and the things that used to work don't work anymore and then we get into this like battle with our bodies and so how do we finally get to that place of really Um, getting curious, first of all, finding that wonderment. But these cracks in the mirror, just like I was saying how I had this unconscious belief, right? That I was only valuable for my body. Well, we have all kinds of unconscious beliefs. And these Mm. can, if you think about a foundation that you're going to build anything on, if that has cracks in it, like how successful are you going to be in really building a strong, robust home, right? Well, it's very similar. So I kind of look at it as these cracks in the mirror, and when we have cracks in the mirror and we look at ourselves through that mirror, of course we're going to see a distorted image, mm. and we're
2: going to see ourselves in a I, distorted image. I can totally relate. Oh, yeah. I know she's looking at me like, "Yeah, you better say something," because <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> I have a similar uh, story to yours. You know, like in junior high, high school, there was some bullying, and and there was three, three Isabellas in um, elementary school, and I like the. I wasn't fat, but I was the fattest one, right? So that's how they were. Oh, the short one, the skinny and the fat mm. one, right? So instantly, you know, in grade, I think it was four or five, it, it just like triggered, I don't want to ever be labeled as the fat one. And it, it led into a eating disorder because mm. uh, bulimia was, you know, my choice. Because, you know, there's whatever. Yeah, well, whatever um, works for Whatever, mm-hmm. right? Because like in a Polish household. It's like eat, eat, right? So <laughs> German. So yeah, I get for it. Me, it's like <laughs> you must eat. Okay, I'll eat, but then I'll go and I'll purge. Yeah. Right. Um, so it took me many, many, many years to kind of get comfortable. But I find that I still have those cracks. I still, you know, if if you know, uh let's say I I change pills right now because my my father passed away. So I'm helping myself out mentally. Um but it's making me gain the weight. Mm. So I feel like it's triggering me and I'm talking to my doctor. I'm like, listen, Linda, this is not, my doctor's name is not Linda. (laughs) (laughs) Linda, honey. Uh, (laughs) It's triggering because I'm pretty open and honest about it. I'm like, it's triggering that feeling of I need to purge, Mm. you know, because I'm going here, I'm doing this. I didn't have the time because I did have a hysterectomy as well in October, last October. So I was out for... A few months of not exercising, then Christmas, and you know, and then my dad passed, and so there was all this trauma, yeah, uh, to my body, emotionally and and physically. So then, yeah, it, I you know those triggers, and then yeah, I've, I don't think a hundred percent of the time I'm I can say you know there's no cracks because there's always cracks like soul yeah it's, it's yeah interesting and yes you're right because yeah. what basically how I how I describe it
0: is like these these cracks are are often these experiences that we had at some point in our life it can be an insignificant like sometimes as a child it might have been somehow some a name that somebody called us or you know something our parents said but it can also be these large experiences these losses mm-hmm. these you know deaths divorces um, new careers you know big changes. And and it can trigger when we have something that like reminds us right it's it's a, yeah. a remembered experience. however, when we've exposed the crack and we know what the under what it's actually exposing it's mm-hmm. like my feeling of inadequacy or my feeling of unworthiness or um, you know it, it'll bring up the un, the underlying root yeah. of it. So it's like when we go through life, these chrysalis moments that emerge, it's an, it's, a, it's an opportunity to get a little bit messy, to dive into mm-hmm. it, to kind of fall apart a little bit and to mm-hmm. like fly on the other side. So it's like, I'm going to go through more messy moments. I'm going to go through more chrysalis moments, but they're kind of like rites of passage. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Like losing, like I moved here, I, I um, left my business, left my family, left my nest for the first time. Then um, my dad got sick. Oh, sorry. So we arrived here. um, My stepdaughter's mother had cancer and she had been navigating that. We could tell that there was a quickening in that transition. And we literally arrived out here her last day. She passed away that Mm -hmm. night. We were there in the hospice all together. And then like immediate, uh, you know, full-time stepmom, needing to, and and living in her home and then needing to find a home so that we can start our businesses. And then my dad got sick and then I was back and forth and he Mm -hmm. passed away. And then, and it was just this whole one thing kind of after another. And so those, those, um, those rites of passage, especially mm-hmm. like when I, when I lost my father, that was my first like experience of really understanding that rite of passage and the gifts that like, it was this double-edged sword because it was like the deep, deep, deep sadness. Mm-hmm. But on the other side of it was like this, like, oh my I'm seeing and understanding something that I never understood Mm -hmm. before, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so then we can start to merge with that as part of our foundation, right? So that it's like, we don't, it doesn't take us down. It's like, oh yeah, there's a little tremor in my foundation, Mm -hmm. right? Right. But but it's not going to make that cracks, you know, explode explode open and
2: here's Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it makes
1: sense that during those times of like, you know, when something happens that kind of brings up that feeling of trauma, that that's when, if we're not aware of it, that we fall into our patterns of whatever mm-hmm. we do to escape, right? Whether that be booze, eating disorder, r- yeah. like running all the time, exercise, whatever it is. It can be Just good like things like too. Good things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that's where that comes in because we're in this moment where we want to soothe ourselves. Yeah. Right? yeah, or distract or, or distract like any, whatever or whatever Escape that thing is. or yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: good point. So would you say, Katharina, then, um, and probably this was something that was organically kind of grown over the years in your business, but probably a large part of your training is dealing with those emotions, the underlying emotions under why, which is probably what your chrysalis is all about, but probably yeah.
0: even with your clients, that's something you take on. Absolutely. And that is actually one of the gifts of when I moved here, because when I when somebody hires me as a personal trainer, yeah. they only feel like they're accountable for their movement. Mm. And that's why I do love when I can really offer, when when they take a whole package where I really work with them on, on all those different yeah. ways, because it's also interconnected. Connected. Yeah. and we can easily fall into these old patterns and, and you know tell ourselves well you know as long as I'm exercising I'm you know I'm doing the right thing and you are and right mm-hmm. it's not the but it's mm-hmm. the and um I, I how I sort of see it is that I, I understand that everybody's kind of where they are and what they're ready for so at least they're doing something in that direction Right. And it may be a doorway to open to, to start to have those conversations. Cause I'll have those conversations regardless. Yeah. Um, but then the invitation would be like, how would you like to explore that a little bit more? Right. And for me, because I know that that anxiety that I used to get and that, that fear of really and of seeing what's underneath there mm-hmm. is that, Kind of like that messy goo of the chrysalis is like really understanding that I that I can fly on the other end. Like when I was going through my divorce, and I'm like, oh my god, like I felt like my life was over. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like standing on the precipice of a cliff. If there's a cloud, you have no idea what you're jumping jumping into, but you have to jump. And it's like how I sort of see it. I'm like on the edge. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, and then I jump. <laughs> oh. The ground, the ground <laughs> was right there. Oh right? gosh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay. Like I'm okay, I'm yeah. okay. And the more mm-hmm. that I go through that I'm okay, the more that I come upon that precipice. And I'm like, oh, this is, and I almost have an excitement now. Mm-hmm. It's almost like this, oh, this is happening for me. This is happening for me. And if you really, really, really believe that life is happening for you, yeah, mm-hmm. then that lens. And that's really what the Chrysalis is about too is these different perspectives at which we can look at the things that are happening in our life. Because we can get Mm -hmm. so caught in the story because sometimes that story is serving us in some way because it helps us to feel like, oh, well, it's not my fault. Right, for sure. Right? And it's not really about fault. It's about... Where, where can I go now, yeah. right? Like whether or not I made a, a choice that led me to this or whether it's something that seems to have happened to me uh, that I had no control over. And sometimes that's how it feels, right? But mm-hmm. how who am I going to be in this mess? Yeah. And how am I going to show up in a different way? And so that's really why I get so passionate about it is because I know for myself, because I've been through it, uh, many times, this like moving through really difficult, and knowing what it feels like to 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 shove it down, mm-hmm. and how uncomfortable it feels, and that need for control, right? And letting go of that perfectionism, as I as I call an infection,
1: mm-hmm. right? Because it
0: it infects our ability to really be present to mm-hmm. the experience of mm-hmm. what's available and celebrating too, yeah, right?
1: Totally, yeah. Yeah, and there's always that, like, I find, I had a coach once for business, but she was like, there's this ceiling, right? And whenever we get close to our ceiling, there's way more you can do, but there's that feeling that you have of like, oh, I'm scared or I'm fearful or I'm holding onto the ledge. And it takes like letting go and jumping into it to be able to... See
2: that next stage. Yeah, holding on to that familiarity. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then, because we don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what's on top of the ceiling. You yeah. Know? Mm. So, yeah, right? I always say, you know, it's like bungee jumping. Right. Every inch of your body screams to not go. And then once you let go, you're like, you know, oh, did so, you bungee jump? I did. Yeah, me Two <laughs> times. Where did you do yours? <laughs> well, the first one was uh, West Edmonton Mall. Okay.
1: <laughs> oh, and tell me about that. <laughs> the
2: date. Uh, he's like, oh yeah. I'm like, but I'm wearing a skirt. He bought me an outfit and we went bungee jumping. It took that's me a, a while, good date. but whatever. <laughs> and then with my husband now, yeah, we went in Nanaimo. We okay. We jumped off the, off oh, that's the, 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 the bridge bar. and yeah. Again, yeah, it I took my me like, outside. yeah. Ten, it took me ten minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and fair. I was screaming uh, that I can't do this, and he was like, "You can do it." And then I did it. And I screamed like a little squirrel girl, and people applaud because <laughs> <laughs> it took so long. But I always relate that it's it's that you know, the more you wait, the scarier it becomes, mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. If you know, my husband, they went three, two, one bungee. And he went. I went 321 bungee and I held on. Yeah. <laughs> I kept holding on and the fear inside me grew yeah. more and more and more. Yeah. So and we and we all have our areas in life yeah. with, that we have that where you know you might have another area of
0: your life that you're like you can just make that decision like that and somebody yeah. else is like oh that's too scary for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's where we can yeah. push up against ourselves. Moving. Yeah. That's, that's your area. I know I was like I'm
2: moving. Yeah. Packing up my bags and I'm I out of here. I love this
1: house. I'm out of this house.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do love my house but there has been like hmm I wonder what it's worth now. <laughs> <laughs> I did bungee jumping back in ninety ninety.
0: 90. One, Mm -hmm. 1991, I think it was. Anyway, I went to uh, a big trip with a girlfriend. We went Hawaii, Fiji, Kukans, New Zealand, Australia for five months. And New Zealand was when the AJ Hackett, it It was like I hadn't even heard a bungee jumping. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was pretty exciting. And I was one of those people that like dove off and like yeah. you know, wanted to make a good picture, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the physical body is my is my avenue, right? Yeah. So the interesting yeah. thing is that we all have these bungee moments, right? Mm-hmm. For me, it was my inner bungee jump, right? Yeah. I, I did an ayahuasca journey back in Ooh. 2007. Ooh, we need to explore that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that was like, for me, that need for control. So I never could do like experience experiences with like, you know pot or anything that like that yeah. as a child cuz i just hated that feeling of losing control like alcohol you don't that feel that way. right yeah. but i changed that in you know i was 46 like every now and then i would have like an exhale or something like that yeah. with my partner and and what i what i've come to realize is that again it's that desire to like okay this is pushing something in me and how do i open to it mm-hmm. how do i soften to it and so i um I was at a concert with a, with a couple of friends and she likes to smoke pot once in a while and and, and I thought really nothing of it, it was funny she goes Do you want to puff I was like yep yeah. I didn't even like go oh, I should there was no thought mm-hmm. process in my head and it was like everything changed for that experience and so the reason why I'm telling this is because Thing like the especially when it's something natural like that, it, it like it can become a teacher for us because it opens up this, these pathways, it opens up these perspectives of ways of seeing life in ways that we haven't before. So then we can like dive into a new experience. And so that ayahuasca journey at the time, I was very afraid. I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But I, I felt called to do it. And so you have, you have to focus on an intention. And my intention was show me the fullness of Katharina's essence. Mm. So I think like in anything in life, if we're going to ask the questions, if we can phrase it in a way that will bring us the positive experience of it, rather yeah. than show me why I can't, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It'll, you know, you'll, life will show you exactly why you, know you can't, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that's valuable. But what I found in the ayahuasca journey was that this... Uh, and i and she wouldn't let me move i could not open my eyes and i could not move i couldn't use my body as an escape mm. which was so interesting cuz that was that was even harder right yeah. so i just sat there the whole time but as like I got cold and I'm like, interesting, I'm not cold. So I never bought into the aversion or the attachment. Mm-hmm. I let go of aversion attachment, and attachment. Any sounds like so the music came up, I was like, that's so nice. But then in this next, you know, as soon as the music stops, because you know, some people are vomiting. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it sounds like monsters, right? But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, music too. And so taking that whole experience and as it, you know, it's a it's a four or five hour experience. Yeah. And as I and, and at the height of the experience of holding space, like I I, I was just sitting there. That was when I got the fullness of Catherine's essence. Is that like I don't need to fix anything? I can just hold energy. I can hold that vastness of mm. of life, and so I feel like that has been kind of a channel for why I've dove in, dove into the inner world so much, and why I feel so called to include that as part of an offering of helping people to get healthy and fit in their bodies, but also this is such an important piece to really creating the sustainment of it and the joy. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, Yeah,
1: for sure. Especially when it comes to say personal training, I always find like, I'm like, okay, I want to lose 40 pounds, but then what is it that I'm not happy about with myself or what do I need to work on to be able Mm -hmm. to get past that and to make it a whole.
0: Yeah, how do you want to feel in your body? exactly. Aside from the... 40 pounds. And then sometimes that's where you can go into like, okay, well, if I was already there, how would I be sleeping? How would I be eating? How would mm-hmm. I be thinking? What would I be watching? Who would I be talking to? What kind of language would I have? What kind of thoughts would I have? Right? And yeah. so then Embodying we start that. to, yeah, yeah.
3: I but, love your, I love the way you described ayahuasca. Everyone I've ever spoken to about it has that same experience. It's the, a time in your life where you have zero control, mm-hmm. zero control. Mm-hmm. So if you're someone who's controlling... Like, maybe I should because I'm very, contri- I like things to go a certain way. And uh, you have zero control in that moment, which, as you said, is such a beautiful thing. Um, if you're open to it, I would love to hear a little bit more about. Um, your journey through, you know, after divorce and meeting your husband and with your daughter. And that just sounds like a whole fascinating story. Yeah, it is a
0: fascinating story. And I was on a fertility journey for a long time okay. in 2000. Me
2: too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, oh my God. It's, it's, like, so it's, right it's right now. just stuff <laughs> from another yeah, Exactly. Lost long sister. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, so I... Um, had been on this fertility journey. I got pregnant quite easily. I wasn't sure that I, like I wasn't trying, but I wasn't not trying. I had amenorrhea, uh, I think as a result of being anorexic as a teenager. And then when I went off the pill, when I was 27, I lost my period for six years. Mm -hmm. And so wanted to bring it back naturally. But I was also in a marriage that I wasn't like, I didn't feel connected. I felt like I married my brother, like energetically, Mm -hmm. right? And so I was kind of confused as to whether I actually wanted to, yeah. have kids or not. And then when I met David and we ignited, it was just like, you know, fireworks and I just I just knew I wanted to have this experience. And so when I got pregnant quite easily, I was pretty excited, but I ended up not entirely having a miscarriage, but I went for my first ultrasound and, and there was no heartbeat. So it was mm-hmm. like, I was waiting for the release. You know, of course there was this deep sadness, mm-hmm. but the releasing didn't happen. And I ended up having to go to the hospital to have them to, to cause I was having contractions mm-hmm. just like you would mm-hmm. in giving birth. So yeah. it was like this very wow. interesting process of ultimately giving birth to myself. And so this whole Ooh. fertility journey and not being able to get pregnant again. And then I I ended up doing IVF, like and it never mm-hmm. in a million years what I have thought that I would have done that, because for me, I just don't like putting those kind of chemicals in my body and blah, blah, blah. But in the meantime, I had gone through some life challenges. I found out I had a mole inside my eyeball. I had to go through this whole process of basically treating it like a cancer. And, and how I, how I, who I was during that process, transformed how I approach challenge in life. And so I brought that awareness into my fertility journey. And so then I was like, okay. So I, I said I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this IVF, and I, David and I, we made love to get the sperm, and and we had the experience of you know he was there when when we implanted it, and we just really made the magic of the experience, and and I ended up with, and I was 45 at the time, and uh, I ended up with 27 um, uh, eggs, 12 embryo or 12. Yeah, 12 embryos and four blastocytes, which is like amazing. And I know I have a lot of eggs, like my mom's in her 60s when she went through menopause. My sister's in her late 50s. And so I will have some longevity in that. So that was the good news is that I had a lot of eggs to work with, but still, you know, I went through this process. I had three implanted. I was pregnant, but ended up, and and I had this like strong shame because uh, my David and I, we went came out to the Okanagan actually. A friend had a, a cabin and we stayed there and um to just relax, to just chill out. And although we didn't have sex, I did have an orgasm. And immediately my symptoms changed. Like immediately my breasts weren't sore. Immediately like there was something different. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. I did something, I did something, I did something, right? And sure enough, it wasn't, it ended up not being viable. And I had this whole like guilt thing. And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. It's just like, and I, I felt like that through a lot of my fertility process. Mm. And then David and I eventually went through a challenge in our relationship because this was really hard on him after six years, yeah, right? It's and so we, a yeah. So we had a breakdown and ultimately a breakthrough. And so before leaving to come to Kelowna, and we had stopped trying to get pregnant and. I did this incredible spring seed planting event for women and there was like 30 women and we did this whole thing. And I was not intending to get pregnant, but I ended up getting pregnant that month. Mm. Like power, we we'll talk about the yeah, power. And so wow. the power of the feminine to plant seeds of intention yes. in our womb space, so regardless mm. if we have a, a womb or not, we have that womb energy, whether we have a uterus or not. Yeah. I should say we have that womb energy. So we need to use it more. We need to plant into that space more, right? And even in my in my my membership group, it's like, how do we work with our cyclical nature that we're not the same all the time? Like I have my cycle today, and normally that's not the best time to kind of have these kind of interactions because it's like this inward kind yeah, of space. Yeah, yeah. Right. But knowing that it's like, oh, I can honor this cocoon. I can create that space for me, but step outside and still engage in a way that's powerful. Anyway, coming back to um, what I was sharing about. Uh, no, we were I'm... just coming to Kelowna. Yes. Coming to Kelowna. <laughs> thank you. I gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, and I got pregnant spontaneously and I was like, oh, Like this is the worst time we have to get the house sold and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, same thing happened. I ended up not having a viable pregnancy and I went and I knew, and I didn't want to have a bunch of ultrasounds. I was waiting to have an ultrasound, but I'm like, I need to know because I feel like the same thing's happening. And I went in and of course I was sad, but it was the first time I didn't feel broken. First time I didn't feel like I needed to fix something. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, oh my God. So then sure enough, we come to Kelowna. I have this experience and and I've known uh, her name, uh, well, I guess I don't need to say, but I've known our stepdaughter for her whole life. So her father and um, mom, they had a long distance thing going on, but never was serious, serious enough. He was going to move to Vancouver to raise her as friends, but that was when the market crashed in 2008. I came in like our ignition was we were friends for several years, and we were not expecting this this like Sports, magnetism between yeah. us, right wow,
2: and I love that. so,
0: yeah, so I've known Sage most of her life, and um, I got to experience a lot of the you know the the growth and but from a outside perspective, not really mm-hmm. living in the same town and everything, so coming into all of a sudden being a full time stepmom, of course, I'm being there for her and her loss. And going through my own transition, but I don't have time to really feel it, and and then and then like trying to do the right thing, right? Because so like to be drop shipped into motherhood, at, mm-hmm. and she was nine at the time. Um, a difficult age. Yeah, it no. is,
1: yeah right?
0: <laughs> we have nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Oh, okay. okay, well, she's fourteen yeah. now, and yeah. that's a whole other ball of wax. But uh, sure. But I have to say, like, and and, and I was trying to, because I'm the rulemaker in the family. I'm the one that, and I've been told, by I've been, of course, asked a lot of my friends, like, you know, some really good advice on parenting and just really holding firm boundaries mm-hmm. is what I was. So it's like, allow them to dance, right? But create those boundaries so they know that they're, they have that safe container. And so that was me all the time. So sometimes I was resentful because it's like, it's harder coming from the step because yeah. now i'm the the bad one right so it was this kind of dance that david and i had to go through for some time and to be able to to give myself the voice to be honest that this 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 is hard yeah. right and sometimes i'm like i'm out yeah. right like yeah. why am i here yeah. right and and to be honest about feeling that but what i but what, what i also knew was that this was part of my evolution too. And that the growth that we like, we her and I are in each other's world for a reason. And and we're in this relationship this way for a reason. And she's a lot like me as her age. She's a lot like who I was. And so that's hard as a parent because yeah. like I already dealt with that shit. I don't want, I don't want to deal with it again. Yeah. Right. And so it's like having that compassion, but it's like parenting is like, you can either allow it to be like going through the washer or going through the ringer.
2: Yeah,
0: And even though it's a little bit of both, but I was just having a conversation with my husband a couple of weeks ago. We were having a challenge with, with our daughter and, and, and the challenge, what I came under or came to understand about it, it was like, it's easier to sacrifice or to, to put in the energy and the time when like, we know that we're contributing to their well being and their growth and to be the best version of themselves. But, right. and I'm going to be honest, cause sometimes it feels like, is my kid just an asshole? Yeah, Oh yeah. We all <laughs> feel yeah, like yeah, that for even, sure. Yeah. Right? Every and day. then it makes sense. It- we got
1: a whole podcast about <laughs> oh, that. yeah. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Is right. it They're me? They're all or kind of
2: assholes. Now. Really? They I'm all old. are. Yeah. <laughs> It's yes, like there's many oh, yeah. times, you know, as a as a mother, I, there's moments I'm like, you know what? I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'll pack my bags, exactly, <laughs>
0: exactly, and so, so it's like this, like oh, so if if if, and it, if we want to to. Put more energy in when we feel like, oh no, they're just you know they're just learning, they're just growing. But we have to remember that they're these individual beings, and that sometimes they are assholes. Mm-hmm. And who do I, how do I still show up in that space, right? But ultimately, it's that own honing of ourselves too, yep. and and you know who we show up as in those in those moments and, and ultimately it's a way of learning also how to love ourselves because if we can extend that love when we don't want to, and we feel like they don't deserve it and all those things, mm-hmm. but if we can do it anyway, and then we, we start to feel like, where do we not do that for ourselves? How do we start to extend that grace yeah. to ourselves that we give to everybody else? Right. Right and then we start to feel ourselves blossom, right? We want our children to blossom, but we don't want it to suck up
3: all of mm. the juice. I say that all the time. I tell people, you don't need therapy, you just need to have kids. They're a giant mirror of where you could fill in the holes in your life for sure. And I love how you said that because Uh, What I got from that was that's what a great way to teach your kids unconditional love. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have boundaries for you and I don't really like you right now, but but I I can still love you. (laughs) Mm I still love you Mm -hmm. and not for anything you're doing, just Mm -hmm. you as you. And and I think that's so beautiful. And for you, what I was hearing when you were saying, I was thinking, like stepmoms get such a bad rap in the world. You know, it's like, we always think of the Cinderella story, right? The the wicked stepmom. And so um, how beautiful for you to be able to step into that role and kind of Hopefully, change that a little bit. There's a lot of beautiful, uh, you know. And was as we were talking about before the podcast. Even if you're a mom or you're a stepmom or you're just a woman in the world, you are impacting all of the women of the world. So it's a big job, regardless of whether they came from your womb
0: or spiritually to you. Yeah, absolutely, for sure, I agree. Yeah. And um, yeah, it is a as they as people say, you know, it's one of the hardest jobs. Yeah, that well, we'll thank us.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, can't yeah. quit. Yeah. <laughs> Standing on a ledge bungee jump, I'm like, do I jump? <laughs> yeah. And you don't get to put it on a resume yeah. either. Yeah,
0: that's so true. <laughs>
2: Nobody acknowledges it. And there's a part of me mm-hmm. that feels that
0: there's still something next for me in creating a deeper connection because there's, I don't feel like I have some of that connection that, mm. that others, and, but I know that there's a lot to, parents that don't feel that with their own right. biological children. Yeah. And so that's why I want to be honest about that because it's like, even though I don't really feel it the way that I wish that I felt it mm-hmm. now, um, I know that there's an opportunity in me. Uh, there, there's there's this idea that I've had, but I haven't felt ready for it yet of having my own birthing of her mm-hmm. uh, in my own experience, like mm-hmm. doesn't have to be with her. Um, to But to, for me to open completely to oh, being her her mom in this life mm. right yeah. now, right? Yeah. And there's a part of me that's terrified of that, to really step into that, the, what that really, really, really means. Mm. And so that's my journey too. And
3: yeah, to be continued. Okay. To be continued, wow, yeah. It's so beautiful <laughs> and so real and honest of you. Thank mm. you for sharing that because that is, um and you're right, sometimes even as a biological mom, you think, I think every day as I close my eyes, I'm like, how much did I screw them up today? Like, (laughs) how much do I need to set aside for therapy today? Because we are, it's all our own crap, right? And so um, I think that's really real and honest. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Tell
2: us a little bit more about your program. I am intrigued. Mm -hmm. I dive a little bit. I'm like, maybe, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it's for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
0: uh, so this program is the foundation of the the body temple program that I have that is like all the protocols, right? So it's the hormones and the adrenals and the thyroid and the blood sugar and the gut health and all the things to help with the metabolic mayhem that happens in our bodies that prevent us from getting the results, right? It's also, yes, movement, but all of those protocols. But before you know diving into that or to be able to get better success in that, that body temple, that's why the foundation piece of the Chrysalis program emerged and it to be honest with you, it was a program I had and I launched two years ago called Nine Weeks to Sexy. Mm -hmm. And because I was going through my own chrysalis moment of feeling like I'm emerging in a different way. Like sometimes a chrysalis moment can can be just like this calling to like, just stop, just stop what you're doing. And even though I was loving what I was doing, the language of how I was offering it, I knew needed to change. I was changing my language. I was changing so much in that way. So Mm -hmm. that was when the chrysalis was birthed. And to really... I think ultimately the biggest invitation is that to make this not scary, that to explore those cracks doesn't have to be scary. We can bring this beautiful curiosity and wonderment to be able to shift everything in our life. This isn't going to just affect your body. This is going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your career. It's going to affect who you are in the world. And so that's why I think it's so essential. That's why I'm so passionate about it. So it's looking at. Uh, so establishing those cracks in the mirror right so each of us are going to have them slightly different and as we erase those cracks week by week so we're looking at our worthiness our willingness our pillars our pillars that are part of the foundation or sorry part of our our um, body temple and mental emotional spiritual physical pillars mm. but they that they're also in that foundation so i go into those and then also the yoni, right? Our mm-hmm. our our yoni is our um, our potency, right? To, we birth through our yoni, right? Our yoni uh, is our vagina, basically, but mm-hmm. it's, it's energetic ver- uh, the energetic expression behind of it, it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? So how do we tap into that innate wisdom? And so that's the this is really bringing in that honoring of our cyclical nature, like whether we're menstruating or not we really can work with the tide of that. And so deep ecology of the feminine is kind of the umbrella from which all of the feminine practices and really honoring these rites of passage and honoring these experiences, the full moon, the new moon, uh, to be able to infuse them into participating in the magic of life. And so that's kind of the chrysalis It's just, how do we take these messy moments and how do we get into that goo to know that we can soar on the other side and that, each time we now meet a new version of ourself that is coming up against these cracks, right. And we'll know how to meet them. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the program right now that I've launched, but I also have an online membership, which is really a, a great way to um, move in a way that's more feminine. So exercise mm-hmm. tubing, which has progressive resistance. So, you can take it anywhere, anytime, anywhere. It's super affordable. It's the no excuse workout really. And and I like my personal workouts I've been doing for like 20 minutes, three times a week for the last 17 years. I started doing this. I was just getting tired of just putting in the time without really being more present. And so I'm a little bit ADD. So I like <laughs> things fast and quick and just like, focus completely on it and then get in, get out. And um, so creating a bit of that, but also meditation at the end of all my sessions uh, with my clients, but in these uh, workouts as well, is really taking this re-perspective and how do we connect to the energy of our body so that we're not looking at exercise as something that we take time out of life to do. It is life itself. It is where we regenerate. And so how do I want to take the energy that I just created? How do I want to harness it for myself first, but then express it into the day, into my family, and to the people I come into contact with. And so when we can start to see and, and connect to it from that perspective, we feel more engaged and we can actually what I find whenever I do these three to five minute perspectives, it's like literally my clients are like, oh my God. And then they just, they just slowly make their way out. Whereas typically like after work, everyone's like, okay, I got to get on with my life now. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, it's like, there's this integration of like recognizing and feeling is it. like, Oh, this is.
3: Feeling
2: into this it like This is. Shavasana. Shavasana. If I miss yes. my Shavasana, oh. the workout, I'm like, I am not happy. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. my moment of like peace and reconnecting with myself. Yeah. It's
0: yes. the integration. It, it, it is. is.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I love that. Piece. So
3: what is a, just it just like typically, what does a 20 minute workout look like? Like I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And do you incorporate cardio or do you just do weights? Like tell us. And so, obviously it's going to change based on age and things of that. sort. So that was but 50 yeah.
1: questions. Yeah. yeah right.
0: <laughs> but she got it. Yeah. Totally. I got it. She's following along. Yeah, I totally got it. Um, so in my body freedom membership and depending on the people that I'm working with, um, they're full body workouts and they're a little bit longer in the workout because I'm also doing some stretch at the end and right. in, including the stretch and the meditation it's under 30 minutes. And so it is more of a hit kind of process that you're not resting so you're doing you know legs back chest legs back chest and doing different exercises so it's not repeating the same three exercises over and over. Oh. Every single exercise is different. Interesting. And really bringing in the posture and alignment awareness. So I do this So with everybody that enters my program, I have a one-on-one with you because I also want to make sure that you understand how to isolate and how to feel in your body. Because if we're exercising around incorrect posture, we're further reinforcing incorrect posture. We're strengthening Mm -hmm. around that incorrect posture. Oh, interesting. So how do we know how to hold ourselves? How do we know how to feel Uh, All of the, you know, understanding the posterior chain, understanding where to put pressure and how to isolate in the muscle that you're working so that you can get tenfold results, right? So if I breathe into that muscle, if I become the muscle as I'm working out, I automatically put myself in that position I need to be in without thinking chest up, shoulders back, everything. So it's really about the embodiment. And then um, it is possible to get these really great workouts in a short period of time. And I never compromise form for um getting it done quicker. So some people it might take a little longer in the beginning, but also sometimes I just do a shorter workout for those people initially because um their bodies have to get used to it. Right. It's yeah. And it's a new it's a new way of of moving. And then when I work with people one on one, if they come to my studio, I have a home studio in Kelowna. Um, I can incorporate like free weights and other things as well, but it's, uh, it just depends on who I'm working with. Yeah. Yeah. But the online membership, I can meet, meet them where they are. And then I have different levels of, so every month there's new content, plus they get all the content that's already been there. So I have like live webinar talking about some kind of, um, aspect of well um, the meditations, the recipes, uh, a nutritional roadmap for creating a healthy diet. So without Mm. diet and counting calories, right? But understanding how do I make these choices day by day and how do I start to work towards supporting my metabolism instead of what mostly happens within what I've noticed over the years is just all of this, Diet deprivation over and over again, over exercising and not eating enough, and it's like as we age, we lose lean muscle mass. It's so important to keep that, not just the cardio, but doing the the, the lean the weights mm-hmm, as well. Right, yeah. And then we also build that fire for being able to eat more, right? We want to eat enough um, of the right foods so that we can fuel that fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me. So yeah. all of that. Sorry,
2: all of that's in your membership. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, for me, the biggest challenge. Uh, through all, my whole entire life, actually, I'm not gonna count my, like, you no, ten years. But, um, is being comfortable in my own body, no matter how I look, at any stage, whether I'm the fittest or fluffy, I'm. I've never been like feeling at home in my own mm-hmm. body. So, you know, having a program that embodies that, because I mean, I can exercise, I can go hike, I can do the, you know, intermittent fasting and like, boom. I'm. But it, it's never enough because there's something still underneath all those layers uh, that... I feel like, you know, having a program like that mm-hmm. would really benefit a lot of women because we do have a lot of shit yeah. that we still need to deal with. And I I know what it like how the weight affects me. Mm-hmm. And when I do put on those, you know, five pounds, mm-hmm. now I see everybody putting on the five pounds. My whole family's <laughs> on a diet. I'm yelling at my husband going to the you know, like, right. But but I am so projecting. Then I have to step back, okay, like Take a moment, you know, nobody's fat. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's my own language. Yeah. And just that negative self-talk, right? right 100% is is really it, it's a challenge mm-hmm. because we're not taught the positive reinforcement like loving ourselves as young kids as girls, right? Oh well, yeah. How, you know, we're not like I used to do affirmations with my children. Uh, in the morning because one of my kids is super negative. And, you know, the whole like, I'm fat, I'm this and that is already coming out, right? Um, if I talk about, you know, uh, foods or whatever, they're like, well, do you think I'm fat? I'm like, no, I just want you to eat healthy. But I know it's a, it, They they see how, you know, mm-hmm. I try to not be a certain way in front of them, but I'm dealing with my own... Shit. <laughs> right. So yeah, having a program like that, that is not just like, okay, we're gonna make you look mm-hmm. a certain way, because it's not so much about the look.
0: Yeah, it's also about how you feel. It's how you feel yeah, about yourself and for sure. just
2: being comfortable yep. in your own skin skin.
0: Yeah, at any time, at any age.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think ayahuasca. I need to let that demon go. Yeah, that <laughs> <any> demon. go.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. I feel like it's so interesting, you know, as we talk, and, and I've said this a thousand times. Um And, you know, the the work we're doing now in our, as women, wouldn't it be so fabulous if our 13 and 14 and 15 year old girls were doing this? You know, wouldn't it be amazing if we had a chrysalis for those girls? 100%. Like uh, I'm on a mission in life to do this, but I don't know how it's going to roll out. But um, like, I feel like we're all fixing our childhoods. Mm -hmm. And so what if we just did that shit when we were younger, right? <laughs> and it came out these like empowered 20-year-olds that were like on fuego, you know. Um, I think that's amazing. And I love I think that I think we need it for a younger generation. Well, Thanks. to be yeah.
0: actually the the power of ritual, and I've been talking about that, uh, sprinkling that out through here, and really, um, that's something that I'm offering more and more of as okay. these ritual experiences. Mm-hmm. And one of them is coming uh, rites of passage for, and I wouldn't do it for boys. I think that should be done with men. Yes, but doing these rites of passage experiences with young girls, mm-hmm. and so it becomes this whole experience with their family. So you what what i usually envision is um the adult women in their life so usually your friends and some of your family or whatever and to surround her and they share um blessings and gifts but for the for the evolution of of who that moving young girl is now moving into womanhood and that Makes me really excited. That's I cool. just had a
3: client that's a healer. And she said that this is the biggest challenge with our girls right now is they are not embracing. They're, they're, we're kind of like, they go literally from being a little girl to there you go, you're a woman. Yes. And there's no transition. There's yeah. no, and they're sort of lost as to where they fit in in the world. And it yeah. makes such good sense because there used to be rituals around that. Yes. Way back, way back yeah. when, yeah. you know, it was like you had your little whatever.
0: hmm you know, yeah, yeah, and that this now this and and helping them to understand that this gift of you know menstruation and mm-hmm. and like what that really means for them. It doesn't mean like oh that sucks. You have you know discomfort and bleeding every month. You know, I, I think that's kind of a problem with society today. Is that. You know, we, everything becomes more about convenience, right? Oh, I could yeah. just take a pill to stop that, or I could just, you know what yeah. I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, how do we? Like that is a potent, powerful yeah. process of yeah. becoming a woman about about really being a woman. And so, how do how do we help them to? tune in to the 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 intelligence
2: and the intuitiveness that comes with that and the beauty mm. behind it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. My, my parents were like congratulating me when I first got it was really awkward, but it was a thing, you know, they like it made me a whole meal, oh, everything uh, like it was oh, like oh, a wow. celebration and then I didn't get it for another two. So <laughs> 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 I had But how did, did you normal. feel about that? Like did it did it feel special
3: yeah, to you then, it to become special. Yeah. yeah. yeah it yeah. wasn't
2: like a oh my gosh, oh no, blah 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 yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. So it didn't and I'm trying to, because I, you know, my girls are 10 and I know they're it's coming and I'm not sure when it's going to come. So we're already having those conversations. We're already practicing like the pad on my on mm-hmm. my forearm. Like this is how you put a pad on as I'm driving. <laughs> so yeah, I, I do feel like what is missing right now for me, for my kids is I do love doing, let's say, yoga or doing these types of, you know, spiritual gatherings, but children are not usually welcome, right? Mm. Uh, So having a space where mother, daughter, young, uh, you know, females can come and connect in a certain way where then they can get comfortable in doing those things. So it's not like a healing process, you know, they're actually like embodying and learning to be, you know, whole and mm. who they really truly are, and tuning into themselves, mm-hmm. to their mm-hmm. like, to their femininity, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like right now, you know, we're doing uh, like the sound healings and and Reiki and all that kind of stuff, but that's because we have trauma. But if we could kind of litigate or you know shift their mindset at this age, because they're so impressionable now, mm-hmm. that you know, the next generation wouldn't have to go and do, well, like, we'll all have trauma regardless, <laughs> but not to the extent, right? Yeah. So I that, think that's,
1: that's what the Dr. Shafali's of the world and all them are like trying to say to us too, like that we as parents project and in past generations have projected mm-hmm our things onto our kids and if we can be more evolved and not do that.
2: Yeah. Then,
1: but obviously we'll do a bit of it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Introduce them to these types of modalities and this women empowerment because Mm -hmm. I feel like this is a movement now, Mm -hmm. right? It's Mm -hmm. not so much about, oh, I'm going to look good for my boyfriend or whatever, right? Right. It's more like, I'm going to take care of me and I'm going to lead a life by my design um, and I'm going to use my body as my temple Mm. Not as you know a sex duel, exactly. Yeah. You know?
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And we <laughs> yeah. as parents are that model for that too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Once I went
1: to a retreat that was like moms and daughters, and they did have a couple moms there who had younger daughters, and I always think it would be cool to do that. But I went with my mom and someone I knew was running it, and. You had to sit there and then you had to like, it was almost like, you know, those couples retreat, but it was a mother-daughter retreat. Mm-hmm. And you had to like look at your mom in the eye and talk about things that you admired about her, talked about things that you felt um had really kind of traumatized you in a way. And then she got to say things about me that maybe butted up against her personality. <laughs> and I don't know, it was a really nice experience. Yeah. Yeah. If we could have more. I would love to do something like that with you. Mm.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's room for it for sure.
2: Absolutely.
1: All right, ladies, well, so we
2: have some Oh, yeah, so yeah. we always like rapid fire it okay, at the end. Yeah.
1: So tell us, mm-hmm. say, and because usually they're around motherhood, so I'm just going to do the same old, same old. But um, tell us about a time in motherhood that you felt like you were like, oh, my goodness, if I go back in time, I'd do a redo on that moment.
0: Ooh, okay. It's interesting. Um, I tend to not, uh, one of the things that I I don't always do well is under pressure, is you know, like sometimes, like, oh, I could have said this and I should have said that. And it's usually what, because one of the things one of my friends was trying to get me tapped into, one of my, he helped me with my emotional world. He's like, anger, you need to get in touch with your anger. And I'm like, it's just not there. Like, I don't have Right. And then it was like, as soon as I started parenting, I'm like, oh, there it is. Right,
1: right there. Right there.
0: Um, so, it's like, all these years. so it's literally like I could feel my heart beating out of my neck I can feel every right and so sometimes it's just remembering like okay like even though I don't completely lose it it's being able to just say like right now I need to take a walk right that it's okay if I make them wait yes so that I can come more whole back to the experience right so that I don't you know they don't have this Mm -hmm. you know steam coming out of the ears kind of Catherine not coming through. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Even though I contain, I'm not yelling, but just to, just to understand the, the power of, of, of space.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, you're That's better than, it. you're better than us. Cause I go on them. Like, oh shit. The yelling. Well, I try not to. I really do. But when I tell them five times the same thing, they don't hear me. No, it's, it's so And now it's like springtime. I know there's this thing going on. Springtime, you open the windows. <laughs> I think I'm going to do like a passage to my neighbors. If I'm yelling at my kids, you know, it's not because I'm yelling right off the bat. It's because I've already told them 10 freaking yeah, times. I already said it five times. No, but I, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I'm switching, you know, whenever I feel, I'm just like, okay, the love. Mm-hmm. The love, yeah, you know, they're so angry and I'm so angry and i will just come up and they're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? And I just hug them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good approach. And then it just eases off, you mm-hmm. know, just having that. Mm-hmm. And then I can talk to them. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's my new Choosing your ritual. moment. I like yeah. it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> good ritual. It is a good ritual.
2: And then I guess, tell us about, you know, something
1: that you've learned in your motherhood journey that's really surprised you that you're like, yeah, that's just surprised you in either your own self-development or your own mothering or whatever?
0: I guess that's, well, first thing I did uh, when I became a full-time stepmom was I apologized to my parents.
2: Because
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you really don't know uh-huh. what it's like to be a parent until you're a parent and and to understand how hard it was and that parents are people too, right? Uh-huh. Like it's, it's this realization of like, wow. And, and so knowing that and, and stepping into this, into this role, it's, um, it's, it's a honing, right? It's a honing experience. And, uh, yeah, it leaves me speechless because Mm -hmm. it's, um, it's, it's so subtle in its, in, in, in some ways and in other ways, it's like completely cracks you.
1: Yeah. And, uh, That's a good way to describe it, for sure. And the cracking kind of is like you're (laughs) coming out of the chrysalis, you know? So we're just (laughs) doing the full circle. But also, yeah, just tell us a bit. It was so great to have you here, but where people can find you.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So my website (laughs) is uh, personalevolution.ca. The chrysalis is on that page. Uh, It is under deep. no, it's... Yeah, it says the Chrysalis Transformation Pod. And I do have a special offer for your listeners. Um, so if they dis- if you decide that you want to join, uh, I- yes, there is an early bird uh, price right now, but uh, until the end of this week, uh, I would offer an additional one. You just uh, put in the code. Let's um, not sugarcoat it. Oh, cool. oh that's yeah. amazing yeah.
3: thank you
1: get an well, extra thank discount thank you yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome that's yeah. so one exciting. two three yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right exactly yeah. Yeah. no more room no exactly. Yeah, exactly the pod is closed, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Amazing. Pod is closed. Yes. Yes. yes
3: amazing so generous of you thank, yes. you, oh, thank you so yeah. much for coming thank you so much again I feel like we could have five hours with some of these guests yeah. honest yeah. to goodness and you're one of them thank you so much for being so open and honest first of all for taking the time out on a Monday morning and uh, we look forward to a seeing you in the community and seeing uh, all the wonderful uh, transformations coming from that chrysalis pod. Mm, beautiful. Thank yeah, you
0: again for the opportunity. So much fun, and I just love this this vibe and mm-hmm. and what you're creating for for other women and moms. Mm, thank thank you. you. Okay,
3: ladies. All till right, next time. Till next Bye. time.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks so
3: much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. So tell us what's going on in your world. What's what's working? What's not working? How we can support you? What are some good topics?
1: And don't forget to follow us at Let's Not Sugar It Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time. Bye. Bye. See you.